This is the Deep Exile Podcast. I inhaled a, a brew-like substance. Are you okay, man? Okay. <laughs> it's always something. It's always something, man. It's amazing we're still alive. Sometimes I wonder if we are. It's December 2013, and this is the Deep Exile Podcast number 19. My name is John Jenkins. And I'm David Helpling. And we're back. We are back. Yeah. Why are we back so soon? Well, the album is out. Here we are on the other side of the big release of Found. 11, 12, 13 has come and gone. So we're here, we're still alive. We've come through the release of the album. And man, you guys have kept us extremely busy over here at Deep Exile. There's been a lot of little sparkly magic happening around the whole release of this record. All these people having these crazy experiences listening to Found. Yeah, it's it's incredible. I mean, I had I did not expect this at all. No, not at all. It's been above and beyond any kind of response we've had on a previous record. Yeah, it's been amazing. I think the whole sort of magical coincidence of running into Miriam Stockley and having her sing on the last song and buttoning up the trilogy and and really taking the trilogy concept seriously that all sort of has, has had a, a purpose, it seems. Things are really happening. There's like electricity in the air. Yeah, it's been pretty overwhelming, the response, and completely unexpected. We have just been all over the place trying to keep up with answering everybody, because we really do try to answer every email and respond to as many posts as we can and answer all the questions and... All the comments. So I guess we're here to really say thank you to all of you listeners and especially all the people that have supported us. Yeah, thank you so much. It's just so cool that there's so much positivity and enthusiasm about music. There can be a lot of things in the world that are not awesome. And so to have something to celebrate has been really cool for me personally. Yeah, it's just really cool to know that people are out there listening. So anyway, here we are with a new podcast. The album's out, we've come through the other side, and now what? We've been talking to people about it, haven't we? Yes. Um, what kind of people do you mean, John, when you say we've been talking to people? The world premiere of the album was done by TC on the Space Music Podcast. Yeah, I think his premiere was on the 1st, right? Yeah, November, November 1st, 1st. Right. I have to say that this podcast that he did for our world premiere, he really put some love into it. I was so excited just sitting and listening to it for the first time. I listened to it and learned some things. Yeah, how is that possible? I don't know. That's how good it is. Many of you probably have already heard it. But in case you haven't, we thought that rather than us sit here and talk about the record again, we would just play the interview that he did with us on this podcast. So at the end of this podcast, after we do whatever it is we're going to do, we can all relive it. And, and if you've already heard it, then you can just listen to it again. So there's a lot of awesome stuff out there in the world that we could all be doing. And the fact that you listen to our music is a deep, deep honor. And I think we're just both really, really stoked that we're connecting with people this way with the end of the trilogy. Yes, we are extremely grateful and humbled and 
feel a deep sense of gratitude to the response that we've gotten and the people that have been along for the ride, you know, for this journey that we've been on. You and I are sort of cut off from the world. And we work on this music and and then the album comes out and then it becomes this whole like sharing experience and this interactive experience. And we have this really big audience of a diverse group of people interested in our work. And we're pretty lucky to be here at a time in history when, when that kind of interaction can happen. So it's really cool. I sort of wanted to, to clear the air on something because speaking of interacting with people, on my Facebook page, I had at least three people say some stuff that made my heart sink a little bit. One gentleman said, is this really your last album with John Jenkins? Oh no. And another one was like, you know, you're done. I'm so sad, but I love the album. <laughs> and I'm just here to say that, you know, I know all of our posters say every journey ends and this is the end of the trilogy and all this stuff is ending. But I think some people are taking that a little too literal and maybe the wrong way. Yeah. What that means is that it's the end of this journey. It's the end of the trilogy. That's what we're saying. That's yeah. what we've been saying all along. We never said we weren't going to do more music. Yeah, this is not the end of us making music. This is the end of this particular journey. This is the beginning of us getting a clue on how to make music together. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> yeah. And I think I posted one of the dictionary definitions for found to take the first steps in building, to set or ground on something solid, to establish. Yes. So found is not about the end. And that's one of the big reasons we chose that as the title, because it, it means an ending, but it also means a beginning. You know, time will tell what the future holds, but neither one of us is looking at this as an ending. I, for one, am not going anywhere. Neither am I. How about Lee Smith? Have you seen what he did? Yes. He's done a couple of videos for a few of our songs, some, some fan videos, and they've been great. Just time-lapse stuff that he does with his iPhone. And the album's been out for what? A week? To a week and a half? And he just jumps on it. He just jumps it. on it. There's already, he's already got a video up on YouTube, and it is cool. Uh, so if you go to YouTube and search for the opening. Just search uh, found and the opening, maybe. Yeah. And it's cool. Thank you, Lee. We really appreciate your efforts. So anyway, we're here in Deep Exile doing a new podcast. It's December. It's cold. It's been a while since we had any calls on the Deep Exile hotline. You know what? That's true. I think more of you, you need to call us and like ask us a question. 858-926-5770. We've been lacking in calls lately, but it looks like we have a couple. We do have a couple calls, and it's very cool that we have them. Why don't you, John, pull one of those up and let's listen to it. Okay, here we go. Hey, guys, this is William Childress calling from Knoxville, Tennessee. Uh, I want to thank you guys uh, for posting a number to allow us to, to share in the, the music-making experience you guys are providing for us. I uh, appreciate you interacting with us fans uh, on Facebook and the other social uh, network websites. Uh, and it's really fun for us fans to be able to interact with you. I'm just curious. I know that the current uh, music you guys are working on is kind of inspired by a particular film, and I was curious to know if you guys would be uh, willing to share with us what film might be inspiring your music. If not the film in perspective, what uh, genres, films, or composers that are out there in film or other genres inspire you? 
obviously the two of you collaborate with one another in making your music. And John, you have a history of also your first CD working with a guy named Paul Lackey. I was curious to know if there were, who out there you guys would like, in addition to each other, to work with and create music with. I look forward to hearing your response, and thanks a lot, guys. I appreciate you sharing the experience with us. Awesome. Ryan, thank you for calling, man. So Ryan wants to know, what film has inspired this album? If I understand his question correctly. Yeah, he said uh, a particular film. But what do you think about that? Well, there is no particular film that has inspired this album. No, um, I don't think this album is inspired by film at all. Especially the way film has been going lately. (laughs) (laughs) No, this album is not inspired by a film. Like David said, it's not even really inspired by film at all. I think what Ryan's referring to is around the time that The Crossing came out, we were sort of talking about The Crossing as being our Empire Strikes Back, you know, because it was the second part of the trilogy. Yeah, and that's true. When we were working on The Crossing and the final throws of The Crossing, we sort of talked about it like this is our sequel to our first thing and it's like Empire Strikes Back and, you know, we're both sort of Star Wars nerds and it, it made sense for that to happen. But yeah. it was not meant to be taken literally. Yeah, it's not. it wasn't really inspired by The Empire Strikes Back. We were just trying to, you know... In a sense, maybe we did try to make the album darker and, and more action-packed and bigger than the, than the first album. So yeah, in that sense, it, we were thinking of it as The Empire Strikes Back, but not you know, literally, just figuratively. So, but then to take that analogy further, that means that this album, Found, would have to be Return of the Jedi. And, and nobody wants to make an album that's Return of the Jedi, I don't think, do they? No, no. We won't go into reasons why, but you know, we, we really shouldn't even be talking about that film right now. <laughs> so I think maybe, you know, if we're going to pick a, a, a third film in a trilogy, I think this is more of like Return of the King. Exactly. <laughs> There's not a lot of trilogies that the third movie is better than the first two, right? Right. Return of the King was an epic conclusion to an epic trilogy and one of the best movies in the Lord of the Rings trilogy. So I would totally go with that. Yeah. Well, he also asked what other films out there are inspiring you guys right now. I think the last movie that I saw was The World's End with you. Yeah, that was the last movie. And I love that film. I love Edgar Wright as a director. And uh, Simon Pegg and Nick Frost are like the best duo ever. So that was awesome. Yeah. So we, we don't really, at least I don't go to the movies very much anymore, sadly. More important things to do. What was the second part of Ryan's question? I think he was asking about collaborations. Oh yeah, who would you want to collaborate with other than each other? Who would we like to collaborate with? But he also said that you, John, collaborated with Paul Lackey on your first record, which is called Continuum. That's right. And still to this day is a totally kick-ass record (laughs) for those of you that haven't heard it you can go to ambientelectronic.com find continuum listen to it it is john's first album and his first collaboration can you just say a few words before we go on about that record man continuum was coming up on 20 years ago man that was like uh, 1995 90 94 95 i was just a youngling I was a youngerling. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, that was a long time ago, Continuum. That was my first album. And it was a, like Ryan said, it was a collaboration with another artist and a good friend named Paul Lackey. 
So, John, who do you want to collaborate with? What's your dream list, man? We all want to know. You know, we can go on and on and come up with a long list of people that we'd like to collaborate with. You know, I don't know that I would wish that on anybody. <laughs> Having to collaborate with John <laughs> yeah. Jenkins? I'm, David could tell you I'm not the easiest person to collaborate with. <laughs> well, you know what? You're not the easiest person to collaborate with. That's why together we make some magical stuff because it, it's work. I just want to collaborate with John Jenkins. <laughs> no more collaborations. I'm either by myself or with Mr. Jenkins, and that's, that's my final answer. It's a tough question. It is tough. We'll leave it to the wind. <laughs> so we have another message, don't we? Yes. Let's play it. Hello, David. Hello, John. This is Gabe Carafa from your second podcast. Uh, I just wanted to drop a line and say congratulations on your latest album. It's fantastic. And to ask you guys what your future plans are. Uh, I know that this was a trilogy of LPs slash EPs slash CDs. And what are you going to be doing in the future, either as solo work or as collaborations? Looking forward to hearing your answer on the podcast. Have a good day. Gabriel, thank you so much for the call. Uh, we really appreciate it. and You know, we really appreciate it because you picked up the phone and called... 858-926-5770, which we would like more of you people to do. So for him to pick up the phone and to hear his voice is really cool. So thank you for calling. So Gabriel wants to know, what are the future plans? My honest answer is I don't have any future plans. <laughs> My future plans are to take a long winter's nap. <laughs> what he wants to translate that to is a vacation. <laughs> <laughs> from producing music and releasing records and all of this stuff, which is a very good idea. But uh, yeah, future plans musically? I don't know. I, I don't really have any at the moment. And I don't think David does either. We're just, we're just sort of coming off this, which has taken 125% of all of our energy and time and efforts. I think we're both just looking forward to a little downtime and hanging out with the families for the holidays and and just enjoying the the winter yeah especially enjoying the break we'll uh probably come around in 2014 and figure out what the future might hold for us fair enough totally so are we going to hand them over to the uh, tc premiere of found that aired globally on november 1st yeah but uh first i think we need to do an ipod showdown we've heard from so many of you that you love the ipod shuffle showdown so much like but it's your favorite part of all the podcasts it seems that's a common thread everyone just wants us to do the ipod showdown <laughs> which but, is that's amazing to me because <laughs> <laughs> it's not about our music at all <laughs> i love that it's cool they want to know like what's in our pocket i always feel so silly doing the ipod showdown just because you know a lot of times the music is really silly. Yeah, well, you know, we have a lot of stuff on our iPods, as a lot of people do that have iPods or music libraries. But when we do the showdown and the shuffle thing, there's so much excitement in it because I don't know what's going to come and I'm going to have to defend or gush about some piece of music. Yeah, me too. You know, because there's a lot of junk on my iPod. And, you know, I'm, I, I like having junk on my iPod, but... I wouldn't want it to come up. Can we just throw some numbers out there right now about how many songs are on your iPod right now? 10,549 
songs. 10,549. I am under 6,000, I think 57 something. So yeah, that's a lot of songs, a lot more for you. But so often stuff comes up and I'm like, oh, really? Of all the stuff on my iPod, that's what's going to play? Yeah. (laughs) So I thought that it would be really cool this time around to finally let us, the artists, have our revenge. (laughs) Revenge. Yeah, I thought, why not this time? Why don't we purposely play the songs we always wished would come up? Yeah, but half the fun is not knowing what's going to come up, right? It's the surprise. It's the randomness of the shuffle that makes it exciting. So what's our solution here? Well, our solution was to each put together a playlist of 100 songs. You're thinking, wow, 100 songs, that's so many. It's like that desert island music list, you know? It is painful. I had a really hard time creating my 100 song list and it's nowhere near perfect. I learned a lot about myself putting together my my list of 100 songs. I learned, number one, I don't think about songs. I think about albums. That's just how I am. So at, by, the, by the time I was at the end of putting my list together, I was just dragging full-on albums into the list. And I had still had 500 songs. Oh, my gosh. And plenty more. And, there, and a lot of junk in there still because I was just putting albums in. Yeah. Second thing I learned about myself is I probably should have been born 10 years earlier than I was born. <laughs> Most of my music in the list <laughs> is a time machine. Yeah, what you just said, ladies and gentlemen, <laughs> what John just said is totally true. I don't want to say old soul, but yeah, you should have been born 10 years before the year that you were born. <laughs> Are we going to experience that? Oh, no doubt. 70s, 80s, and then, you know, early 90s, it starts to sort of taper off. Pretty much there's not much after that. See, I'm the same as you, except 80s, 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 couple 90s things, and then maybe like one or two things that are quasi-current, and that's it. Yeah. The experience for me was kind of emotional, if I could be honest. I was going through and picking the stuff that I just really, really love, and only having 100 songs really causes you to, you know, focus on what is it that I, I really like? Is it the stuff I've been listening to since I was younger? What is it that gives me that magical butterfly feeling when I hear it? You know, what is that? And then you look at an album... And you're like, wow, I have 100 songs. I could probably only pick two or three songs off this record. Which songs are those going to be? It's a very interesting way to figure out what is important to you. Yeah. And it's almost torturous to have to choose. Yeah. It's horrible. It was painful. (laughs) So today we are going to do the alternative to the iPod showdown where we each have prepared a list of 100 songs that we wished would have come up in the past. And I believe we also set a rule that we will not put any artists into this playlist that have come up before. That's right. I don't know because I had a hard time remembering what has come up in the past. So I, I might have some overlap in mind. I think I did pretty good. I think there's one artist that came up before that I refused to not include. <laughs> um, you know, and U2, I'm a big U2 guy and U2 has come up three or four times and obviously there's no U2 in there. I did not put any film soundtracks or any film scores or any of that stuff. So let's just see what happens. I want to start with your Want to start with mine? Yeah. <laughs> okay. So this is John Jenkins' iPod with the custom playlist. Track one. Okay, here we go. Ready? Yep. 
Yeah. Love this song. I'm so stoked that this came up as your first track. <laughs> so am I. I'm going to turn it down. This is a rush. I'm going to say this to all the hardcore Rush fans that are about to hate me. This is my favorite Rush album by far. Power Windows, 1986, I believe. Yeah, me too. Love it. We have that in common. But David and I both love, 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 love this album. In fact, in my custom playlist, there's one song from this album, but it's not this song. <laughs> I bet I know which one it is. We're not going to talk about it because it probably won't come up. <laughs> oh, can I also say, here at Deep Exile, we both love this album so much that hanging on the wall outside of the studio is a big, giant poster for this album. And where did this poster come from, John? I bought this poster when the album came out. Had it rolled up forever. So you had this poster custom framed in this giant black frame with high-end glass, and it's one of the best presents anyone has ever given to me. <laughs> so thank you. It's beautiful. Yeah, I look at it every day. The name of the song is Grand Designs from the album Power Windows. Okay, number two. Tears for Fears. Now, this is a cheat, but I only cheated because I knew that you cheated too. Okay, interesting. Your cheat is my cheat. <laughs> this is the only band that I put on my list of 100 that had been on a podcast. Yeah, I knew they had been on one before, but I had to put this on there. Can I confess something? What? This particular song, I went back and forth on when I was creating my list for like 20 minutes. Oh, this from the album Raul and the Kings of Spain. And this song is Sketches of Pain. I love this album. So good. Ah, I can't turn it off. Here we go. Remember how I said I'm old? I should be 10 years older than I am. I'm a Led Zeppelin freak. I love Led Zeppelin. This is uh, The Ocean from Houses of the Holy. Houses of the Holy is my favorite Led Zeppelin album, hands down, by far. Although I love most of them. I don't know what else to say, man. It's Zeppelin. It's so funny. I was playing this song in the car for my kids, <laughs> and I made them listen to the whole song, and it was uh, two weeks ago. It's funny. <laughs> okay, that's track three. Number four. Dude, okay. the universe has decided. You want me to skip it? No, this is, it's chosen. Yeah. The iPod has chose the song. Now, it may seem a little weird to have Stairway to Heaven on your top 100 or whatever, but to me, it's it's just brilliant. I can I never, ever, ever get sick of it, and I've probably heard it 1,000 times. Oh, my gosh. Did you see the live performance that they did with uh, with Anne singing from Heart on that uh, tribute yes. video? Yes. Yes. That was so great. Man. 
I thought I saw Robert Plant shed a tear. He did shed a tear. That's what I'm talking about, yeah. people. That was so awesome. Oh, the, the Lincoln Center thing, right? Lincoln, yeah, yeah, yeah. Anyway, Zeppelin, Stairway, you all know it. You all love it. Okay, number five. Here's my last one. Oh, dude. Check out that CP80. I debated whether or not to put this in the list. But when I hear that CP80, it just gets me every time. The piano sound. You and I are both big fans of the Yamaha CP80 piano, which we don't have. This from the album Duke by Genesis. And many of you probably know I'm a huge, huge, huge Genesis fan. And Duke, for me, is a special album. Something about it just gets me. Can you tell us the release year? I think it was 1978. I'd say 78 or 80. Awesome. 78, 79, 80. Uh, yeah. I could do this all day. We should do like 10 songs each. <laughs> or maybe next time we'll go back to the same playlist. Yeah, or we'll go back. We'll take these five songs out. And we'll... That's what I think. This is great. I like this. So, but check this out, man. God, I love this. The name of the song is Cul de Sac from Duke by Genesis. There you go. I love your five tracks. I'm afraid now. I'm very afraid. I'm so much different than you. Uh, <laughs> I'm an old man. I told no, you. No, no. I'm I'm essentially as old as you are. And uh, there's some stuff I really want to come up. But now I'm a little nervous of some things I did include. Man, I loved your songs. Sketches of Pain on Raul and the Kings of Spain. The second solo Tears for Fears record. That's not included in my playlist. There you go. Yes. Dude, it's stormy. Just wait till you hear the drums. Turn it down a little bit. Oh, I like that. I am so happy that this has come up. I think there's probably nine songs of my hundred by this band. <laughs> wow. So the chances were good. Well, this is a band I'm very passionate about. I'm also very passionate about letting people know that I like this band. And this song, and the video for this song is just amazing. This is a band from Finland. And uh, the band is Nightwish. Oh, Nightwish. It's uh, I've heard some Nightwish before. And I like it. I love it. So this is Finnish symphonic metal. This particular song is not a metal song. I thought they had a female singer. They do. Marco, the bass player, does all the male vocals. But uh, Annette on this album, she comes in shortly. Such a great song. This is The Islander by Nightwish. Good stuff, man. Man, I love it. Ready? Yep. Number two. Let it be known, people. <laughs> you got to turn it up. So when it when 
There you go. <laughs> I like this song. Sometimes I just need to shoegaze, you know? <laughs> just lay it down. I love The Cure. I have the remix version of this, and it's really cool. I don't. You're going to have to share. I love this record in particular. It's just super dark and droney and awesome. And who's the band, by the way? The Cure. The album is Disintegration. The song is Fascination Street. 80s, baby. Yeah. Man, I love it. So there's The Cure, my track two. Awesome. Okay, number three. Oh, dear. Thank you. The gods are with you. Speaking of 1979 and the LP that changed my life. There's something really special about ELO. Because it's Jeff Lynn. He's the man. So in 79, I was uh, in fifth grade, very young boy, and I had this double album, Out of the Blue. Two records, and I would listen to it all day long. Side A, side B, and then the second LP, side A, side B. Four sides. Love it. Great track, man. That is an awesome three. Love ELO. Okay, number four. Hey, remember the 80s? Shut up, man. <laughs> this is the only Duran Duran song I included in my list. Really? There's only one. Wow. Because this is the vibey one. Yeah. It's a good one. I love this song. Yeah, it's nice. I told you my playlist would be different. <laughs> I love The Cure. I love Duran Duran. Get over it. I'm a child of the 80s, so that's a good track for I'll take it. Man, they owned the 80s, pretty much. They did. Ready for five? Yep. I can't turn it off. I know, because it's awesome. Okay, here we go. Oh, this was on my list as well. Really? Yeah. Man, I love this track. Turn it up. So you have a lot of 80s happening in your list. Yes, I do. About two, three months ago, I made a monumental mistake. You don't know how monumental that mistake was. <laughs> this band, The Fix, was coming through town. At the Stephen Birch Aquarium in La Jolla, which is a, a beautiful cliffside um, upscale community we have here in San Diego. It's up on the cliffs and you're looking out. You're way up high. You know, maybe, I don't know, 800 feet up and you're yeah. looking out over the ocean. All of the Pacific is in your view. And so the fix played at the aquarium outdoors at sunset. I did not go. It was the best concert I've ever been to. I know every fix song. I know all the lyrics. I know the guitar parts. And I sat right there in the center of the stereo image. There was two people between myself and Cy Kernan. 
and they sounded so good. And it was so simple. Bass, drums, guitar, keyboards, all live. They looked great. They sounded great. And there was this energy out there, you know, outside. Everyone's drinking beer and the sunset, and it's the fix. I was just, like, freaking out. Ah, oh, man. We need to get that time machine and go back <laughs> so we can we can enjoy it together. I think if we plug our iPods in together, we could probably go back in time. Cross the streams, if you will. Anyway, there it is. That was awesome. That was a good. That was fun, man. I had so much stuff on there that didn't come up that I was excited about. <laughs> but I'm not going to say what they are because I think that uh, removing the five tracks from each and going back to a 95-song playlist again would be totally awesome. Might be the way to go next time. We'll see how this works. I don't know if people are going to like our pre-selected version of the showdown. Yeah. Maybe we should ask them. Yeah, give us a call. Let us know what you thought. 858-926-5770. Or go on to either of our Facebook pages and let us know what you thought about this style of the iPod showdown. I loved it. I thought it was awesome. <laughs> this is the best ever. Send us an email too. Just go info at Deep Exile and uh, tell us what you thought. Guess that's it, man. Podcast is over. We're going to throw it to the uh, interview with TC. I love TC. Can I just say that I can hear the spirited enthusiasm in his voice. He knows that he is playing something to the world for the first time. And I could feel his pride and his excitement. I also really love the sound of his voice. Me too. I got to say, yeah. I really want to meet him someday. And if we could ever get over there to the Netherlands and hang out, it would be truly epic. So thank you, TC. Thank you, TC. And thank you, people, for listening to the podcast. This has been Deep Exile Podcast number 19. I'm David Helpling. I'm John Jenkins. And this is the Space Music World premiere of Found. There's three pieces on my desk. Three albums. It all started in 2008. I just had to play music from Treasure. Following an interview with John and David in the show of April 14th. 2008. Two years later. August 28th, 2010. A world premiere of The Crossing. Their second release. And now. November 1st, 2013. They've completed the circle. Space Music presents, for the first time, the new Halpling and Jenkins album, Found.
very excited. Ladies and gentlemen, thank you for tuning in. This is Space Music with the world premiere. For me, the best album released in 2013. Hey, hey! I guarantee you, Found is... It's all. It's the trilogy. It's treasure, it's the crossing, it's found, it's fantastic. And of course, of course, let's go and talk about this exciting release with John and David. Hi, John. Hi, TC. And hi, David. Hi, TC. It's so great to have you here. Thank you, TC. And what a story. What a music. What do you say? Thank you so much for uh, this opportunity and the world premiere of the new album. TC, it's so great to be here with you. And uh, we're so thankful that you are world premiering our new record and uh, taking so much time to really get into it. Yeah, we're really thrilled about it, actually. What better way to uh, break the new album than through space music? Exactly. Wow. It's an honor. It's an honor. Well, let's just start. I mean, when you start playing found, you will notice an extreme high audio quality. How did you do it? Yeah, TC, it's so great of you to notice the, uh, the way that everything sounds. And I think what you're hearing is just uh, us really trying to take it to the next level and spending a lot of extra time getting the most out of every song and every sound and uh, not rushing ourselves into it. Yeah, on the technical side of things, we did. We really stepped it up. We pushed ourselves and, you know, had some help in taking the sound to the next level. I don't know that we have any, maybe a couple of new tools, not really any major new equipment per se, but we spent a lot of time and we really made an effort. We wanted the album to come out sooner. And I think maybe we spent an extra three months on these mixes, just trying to get them to be more and take things to the next level. I don't want to get really technical because it really is about the songs and the music. But one big thing that's different with this record, we recorded and mixed and produced everything at a much higher sample rate. So this whole album was done at 24-bit 96K from the very beginning, everything. So we were really getting the most out of all of our machines and pushing things to the limit. We did have an extra set of ears that we were bouncing the mixes off of and sending back and forth. And that's Howard Givens, who is actually one of my partners in the record label. And he's one of these really like deep into the like audio geek side of things. Like, he's a complete audiophile. Yeah, like he gets into the subtleties of all the different sounds and he hears everything. And so he was giving us a lot of great feedback and really pushing us hard to take us to the next level to get the most out of these mixes. And I think it really paid off. It was a huge help. Yeah, and Howard really is a genius at what he does. He always brought us back to center and he would never hold back and always tell us where we can make things better. Yeah. So in addition to that, we have a major responsibility here. This is the conclusion in a trilogy. So I think we had a responsibility to make something just mind blowing and big and deep and musical and emotional. And I think all of that drive within us went into even technical things like the mixing.
the track Sun Racer. What an enormous amount of percussion. Um, tell me, did you two have to move to another location? Yeah, well, uh, Sun Racer, like you said, it's a huge percussion track. It was a lot of fun to do. You know, as far as it being a big setup, I don't really think it was a big setup because David and I, we played all the percussion. So there was a lot of tracking and overdubbing and, you know, playing stuff at different times. So we didn't have it all set up at the same time. But as far as getting all that percussion in there and making it sound good, you know, I think we came in here and just started setting up some drums and started banging on them. And if I recall correctly, I think that's where a lot of the groove and the feel of the song came from because we did some of the hand percussion and, and these drums that we recorded early on. Right. And as we wrote the song around the drums, we sort of followed this groove that was laid down by those first instruments. Maybe half of it is, is us sitting in the studio banging on actual drums, and then that's all supplemented by some other electronic percussion and things like that. But we played it all, you know, with our hands, either on the drums or on some other kind of controller to play the electronic instruments. Listening to the album Found, it feels to me the first five tracks is Till We're Completely Lost and then the next five tracks Till We're Found. It's, it's my feeling, of course, but what was your concept for this album? What, what was the setup? Like Treasure in the Crossing, which came before this one, this is, this is an album that's meant to be listened to as an album, you know, from start to finish and, and for you to experience the whole journey. That's right. The story and the elements are all there. Splitting the, the album in two parts or maybe three parts is an accurate way to describe it. But the actual story that the listeners are going to put to the experience over the course of the whole record is personal and different for everyone. So we try to lay it out and give you the space and the canvas to have your own experience. One thing we were hoping, or at least intended, is that this third album completes the trilogy. The journey that started with Treasure um, is ending here. If you listen to all three albums together, we're hoping that it, it takes you on this entire arc over all three albums. Well, it, it sort of really needs to come full circle. And um, we've even gone so far as to harken back to the first two records with some specific musical figures and phrases that somehow echo the other records. And people that are very familiar with the first two records are gonna find some deep connections to all of the music.
after the last track. Yes, completely disoriented, of course. Um, I was having a good glass of red wine, listening to Only Ashes. A long piece, and can you tell me in what state you were while recording this track? The reason I'm asking is, it feels like a turning point. I can see how a uh, good glass of red wine can go with a song like this, TC. But yes, you're right. Only Ashes is the realization of what happened in the previous track in Lost. And it is a deep and textural and ultimately an emotional space you sort of dwell in. I do remember that it was one of these tracks that happened very quickly. We're sitting in the studio, pull up a couple of sounds and start playing some music and all of a sudden things start happening and, and falling into place. And I think by the end of the day, we pretty much had a completed track. Yeah, I remember long periods of us both being quiet and not talking and just listening to these really long, tense, but beautiful chord movements and just sitting there and enjoying it. It was a very quiet day. We were sort of in that state where we were just listening and, and feeling the timing of the piece because it's a long piece. It's over 13 minutes long, especially some of the things that happen at the end of the track. We would listen through the entire track just to feel when the timing was right to play those figures at the end, just to get into the space and the flow and the timing of the song. album found. It feels like being lost, being found and everything in between. Like I said earlier, it's, it's a fascinating journey. And sometimes the music moves me to tears. Through Tears is a song that introduces so much beautiful melodies, heartwarming sounds and what was your inspiration to do that song? Through Tears, I think, was the last track that we did for this record. And it was sort of an afterthought. We were sort of feeling like creating instead of working on mixes or whatever. And, and so we just started playing some stuff and that's what happened. Yeah, like John said, after days and days and even weeks of mixing and trying to bring everything together, there's this anxiousness that builds up in us so we took the time to have some fun and 
have a creative day, and that's sort of where this song was born from. That was through tears. title track of the album, Found. I think one will never forget hearing this track for the first time. So did I. I mean, there's no discussion. Um, the best track on the album for TC. Uh, can you introduce us to Miriam Starkley 
fantastic vocals. Who is she and how did you find each other? Yeah, well, we really appreciate how you feel about that track because it's an important track to the record and it's an important track to the entire trilogy. It's where everything is resolved. It's definitely full of emotion and power. It's a special track to us. And having Miriam on there just really brings it home. I mean, it's just incredible to have a talent like her want to be involved with this project and to be on this track in particular just makes it incredibly special. It's such an emotional piece of music. And after going through the whole record and experiencing all these emotions, it's a very emotional arrival at something that is profound, it feels like. And having someone like Miriam Stockley come in and lend her talents to it just took it far beyond what we had originally intended. When we first got her vocals in there and started working on the mix, we both knew that this was going to be a special track. For those who don't know, Miriam Stockley is this incredible, world-renowned vocalist. Most of your listeners will probably recognize her from the Adi Amos records, which she is the voice of. But she has these great solo albums, I think three or four now, that are just unbelievable. She's had this incredible career that involves backup singing and singing on films like the Lord of the Rings movies and all kinds of stuff. It's just that she's an incredible talent. She's one of these talents that's singing in all these amazing film soundtracks and doing just these lush background vocals on hit records and albums. I know that some of you know who she is, but she is simply a stunning vocalist. The way we connected with her is an interesting story, actually. And it kind of happened at the last minute. We were doing the final mixes on the track. We looked at each other and we're both thinking, man, it's just missing this one thing. We even started humming this uh, musical phrase to each other, thinking, man, that would be really cool to have this kind of thing in there. But we really didn't know what that instrument was going to be. Yeah, we thought maybe it could be some kind of a guitar line or maybe even a vocal. We weren't really sure. Well, we had to jump on a plane and go to New Orleans and perform at an award show. And while we were there, it turned out that Miriam Stockley was presenting some of the awards. So we sort of had this magical opportunity to meet her. And we did. We went to the award show, we performed, we met Miriam, we brought it up. She was open to the idea. And the next thing you know, we have a track with Miriam Stockley on our album. I'm still pinching myself that she's actually on the record. I've loved her voice for so long and to have her be a big part of this album and the trilogy, for me, it's a dream.
patterns, the vocals. The entire album found is like a big movie. It should be on stage. Um, is the album found a little bit live proof? Yeah, we haven't even started to think about playing live or if we're going to do it or you know what the next step is as far as that side of things is concerned. I don't think at this point that found is live proof whatsoever, but if we were ever to have an opportunity to perform, I'm sure we could interpret a lot of these songs for the stage. But that opportunity just hasn't arisen yet. We're still trying to release the record, you know? But as soon as we have something put together, TC, you're the first person we're going to call for our European tour. <laughs> Best ambient and electronic music, head over to spacemusic.nl and subscribe for free to our podcast. Enjoy life. Enjoy space music. David and John, I'm I'm really happy. Uh, the three pieces here lying on the desk. The uh, the trilogy, in fact, is complete now. And but wait, the final track on the album found. It's it's almost like it shows us something new, unexpected, right? It's interesting that you picked up on that, TC, because that's sort of how we intended. You know, found the song is really the end of the album. For the Ages is actually the end of the trilogy and maybe the sound of a new beginning. It is sort of a different sound than anything that we've done before. You know, it's in seven. It's got, you know, a big, almost rock and roll kind of a drum sound and sort of in your face. And it's, you know, I always envisioned it as like, after the entire journey is over, this is like, yeah, riding, riding off to the next adventure or something. For the Ages is one of these songs that really comes after the big glory of the finish of the trilogy. It's almost as if this song is what plays as the credits are going up after you've experienced this big film. Yeah, it's like an epilogue, right? Yeah. That, like, like you said, the closing credits or that little thing that plays after the credits are done, right? Yeah, it's just such a great goodbye. Um, and it definitely leaves you still excited. So I think that's sort of the role that that song has played in this record. I think that's all we can say about it. But you know, if you look up found in the dictionary, it actually means the beginning of something. John and David, um, what's your current state of mind? Uh, how does it all feel and where are we going to? Yeah, that's a big question. I mean, we're still sort of in the middle of it. 
The album's done, but we're still in the process of telling people about it and, and getting out there and trying to get the word out. And we're still a couple of weeks away from the official release and we're still sort of in that mode of working on the record. We are just so excited and so anxious to set the album free and to get it out and to finally take three years of work and put it out there into the world and just see how people feel about it. Yeah, it's always an exciting time when the record's done and you're letting it go. You're so excited, but at the same time, you don't know what's gonna happen. So there's a lot of emotions happening right now for us. I have this edition of Found in my hands and I'm overwhelmed by the amazing artwork, the colors, the, the impression, it really makes a difference. It's by Mikael Karch, isn't it? Um, please tell us more about him and about the artwork. The artwork I think is the most amazing of the three albums. All the artwork on all three albums is fantastic, but this one, just like the music, we really wanted it to be over the top. There's something really special about it. Everyone that has seen the cover or the poster, it's just said, I love this artwork. This is so iconic. This is the best thing you've done artwork wise. Yeah, he's a talent for sure. He's one of these guys that where everything he creates is just, wow. Everything is just so vast and impressive and real. I just love it. So yeah, we're excited to be able to work with him again. So if you go to deepexile.com, you can see his artwork on the cover. You can see it on this uh, poster that he created for us. And it's also on a t-shirt. The official release date um, and of course the place we can all go to please all information necessary to go and enjoy found deepexile.com that's our website that's the home to uh, all of our music it's just sort of like the online hub for David Helpling and John Jenkins music so found will be available almost anywhere uh, on the release date, which is 11, 12, 13. Um, which actually for you is 12, 11, 13. Exactly. <laughs> That's right. I guess our <laughs> our clever date doesn't exactly work. Welcome to Europe. In all of the European countries. Sorry about that. <laughs> so you ask where they can buy the album. They can buy found just about anywhere. But if you go to deepexile.com, you could pre-order it now and get it before anyone else. We're happy to sign them if anybody wants them signed. Reason enough, go and visit deepexile.com and do what you have to do. Make this trilogy complete. John, David, I want to thank you so much for being on our show again. Uh, after three years since the world premiere of The Crossing back in 2010, here we are and I want you to know how much I appreciate it. It's an honor to play the music of Found as the first station on this planet. Thank you. We're thrilled to be on the show, TC. Thank you so much. Yeah, TC, this has just been completely awesome to be with you here again. You know, you've been such a big part of our musical translation to our audience. I remember you helping us get treasure out there and to introduce your listeners to our brand of music and, and then the crossing. And here we are again, 
And after so much work on this record, to be setting it free and releasing it here with you is a deep honor. And I'm just excited that we could do it here on Space Music. So I think we're just happy to be here. And actually, we're really lucky. Yeah, we're thrilled to be here. We're, we're both big fans of the show. We listen all the time. So to be here talking to the TC is amazing for us. Thank you. Thank you so much. I'm wishing you a fantastic album release and all the best of feedback, David and John. Thank you so much, TC. Thanks, TC. Have a good one. Cheers. Cheers, my friend. Thank you.